What's the first thing you do when you see a cool animal? You take out your phone and you get a picture of it. Through the widespread use of phones, we've been able to capture some amazing pictures of animals. And you can upload these photos, see all the animals that people have seen all over the world, quite literally. But this quick access and also the drive of likes that come from sharing these photos can really threaten wildlife. And this is what I'm going to talk about today. How we photograph animals and specifically animal selfies. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. I worked in Kenya in 2005, and I went with my friend to the animal orphanage in Nairobi. My friend knew somebody who worked there, and we were invited to go into the cheetah cage. This is something I advise against now. If you listen to episode one, I mentioned how I don't like places that allow you to touch animals because this can stress the animals out. The animals don't have a choice in interacting with you or not. I didn't really quite understand this at the time, and I went into the cheetah cage. It was during feeding time. It was scary, honestly, and cheetahs aren't even that um, scary of an animal. They're not big like tigers and lions. And it was an incredible experience. I could feel and hear them purring when I touched them. And of course, I got the coveted photo. We all want that photo. It's so strange, isn't it? And this kind of reflects upon what happened in the Tiger King documentary, is that it wasn't even as much about being with a tiger. It's that evidence that you are, that you're close to such a wild and dangerous animal. And I believe in the series I talked about, like what that says about a person. I have the picture and I posted this on Facebook a couple of years afterwards, but several years after that, I deleted it. Now, this picture was taken during a time when it wasn't as dangerous. We had Facebook. It wasn't like how it is today. Certainly no Instagram, but I deleted it. And the reason why I deleted it is because now there's a whole industry that is really driven by animal selfies or these photos with animals. And some of these photos are quite literally killing animals. So should we take these animal selfies? Is there a way to take it right? I hesitated doing this topic because right now we're in the midst of COVID still. And tourism has declined immensely. But I think it's important to talk about it because we see the consequences really of this industry now. That we'll, we'll get into it specifically, but when, what happens to these animals when tourism declines? And then also, a lot of us are going outside now, which is fantastic. I really encourage going outside and having connections with nature. And we are actually likely to see wild animals. 
There's a lot of stories going on right now about animals um, kind of taking over. They're coming out of the woodworks, to, so to say. <laughs> and uh, now that humans are, are mostly inside, there is not a lot of tourism going on. There was this one, one photo of lions in a national park in South Africa, and they were just like laying, basking in the sun on a road, which they normally couldn't do because there would be a lot of tourist vehicles. So animals are still all around. So I thought it would be a great time to talk about animal selfies, how to take them, should we take them, what messages do these photos send? First of all, what is an animal selfie? By animal selfie, I mean a picture that you took yourself, like a normal selfie, but with an animal in it. I'm using the word selfie kind of loosely. It can also be pictures that other people take as well, but I really just mean these close-up shots of you right next to an animal. There's a whole industry that drives this, given the rise of social media, especially Instagram. There are so many people who have these posed pictures with elephants, tigers, and with tigers, internationally, they are drugged to be in photos with people so that they are able to be easily handled by people, won't bite people. And and in these places, these animals are treated really terribly. They live in cages. They are chained a lot of the time. And for elephants specifically, I actually have a blog post on this. A lot of times they talk about these animals being orphans or being sanctuaries. The Nairobi orphanage I visited was a legit orphanage, but a lot of times um, people do lie about this. People are more likely to, ha to pose and have pictures with these animals when they believe that they are orphans. They're just found in the wild. But there is so much tourism around these operations, it's impossible to find all of these animals orphaned in the wild. First, talking specifically about animals that you can pay to pose with, I am definitely against this. A lot of these animals are not orphans. They're actually taken from the wild for these photos. And this is a direct threat to conservation. National Geographic actually has a really intense article that they did a couple of years ago about the tourism industry. And this is not just for elephants and tigers. It's for animals all over the world. A lot of these animals are taken directly from the forest. And in some cases, it contributes directly to their population declines in the wild. The National Geographic article featured a lot on animals in South America, especially. And the thing is, is that once these animals are done taking pictures with you, they live really crappy lives. They are in cages, just like really simple, basic cages. Some of these animals are nocturnal and they're forced to be handled during the daytime when they normally sleep. For elephants, they say that these elephants come from logging operations that have closed and there's nothing else that they can do with these elephants, but that's not always true. In Thailand, taking elephants from the wild to tame for tourism is still a direct threat to the population's survival. You can't always believe what the tourist operation says. 
So you should never pay to have your photo taken with a wild animal because this just sets up the animal for a life of essentially exploitation. I'm personally against, even in situations where the animal is handled well, um, and as wildlife biologists, we are especially exposed to these situations. We might have private tours or access to professionals that allow us to handle animals but I worry that these still send the wrong messages to the public. A lot of times people don't read the messages that go along with social media. And if they see pictures of us holding wild animals, even if it's in a research context, if it doesn't look like it's in a research context, it can be really confusing for the public. I even did this with a taxidermied animal. I was at a museum event and I was talking about different cat prints in relation to fashion prints. And I had this activity to see if people could guess which animal print represented which animal. And we had this big jaguar in the background and I was wearing a jaguar print dress and I posed with it. I put it on my social media. It was actually my profile picture for a while. But just looking at this at a glance, people might think that I'm actually posing with a jaguar. They might not realize that it's a, it's one that has been preserved by the museum for educational purposes. And after that was pointed out to me, I thought it was obvious that it was a taxidermied animal, but it's possible that other people could be confused. I worry about what these messages send to to people, so I took it down. There's such a drive to get selfies with wildlife that it is quite literally killing animals. In the tourism examples that I mentioned above, it might not be killing them, but they certainly live a life of neglect, animal abuse. When the animals are not in photos, a lot of times they're chained up in small cages. But it's also directly threatening wild wildlife <laughs> as opposed to captive wildlife. When I did some research on this topic, there were several stories that came up with a baby dolphin. And if you go to my blog post on this topic, you can see the photos. And it's so sad. Somehow people caught a baby dolphin when they were on the beach. And there are just hordes and hordes of people flocking to touch this dolphin. The dolphin was out of water for a long time. Dolphins um, breathe air; they're not fish. But kids were putting its their fingers in its in its blowhole, and it couldn't breathe properly, and the dolphin died. Separating a baby from its mother is a bad idea, period. But handling it to that extent is uh, atrocious. And these these people trying to get pictures of this animal, they quite literally killed it. We need to be really careful then when we take pictures with animals and about what messages that we're sending. There are a couple of other examples. There are a couple of other examples with swans and peacocks. In one case, the people grabbed the animal and it died of shock. Taking photos or taking selfies with animals can even threaten them on a less obvious angle. For example, there was an in instance in Costa Rica where all these sea turtles were laying eggs and they couldn't do it. They went up on the beach to lay eggs and there were so many people there taking selfies, taking photos. People were even putting their kids on the turtles' backs. 
oh my, I can't, I cannot believe this. It makes me so sad to take photos of their kids with the sea turtles and the sea turtles had to return to the sea without laying eggs. I was looking up scientific literature on this and one study, a review study found that there's 63 species of birds that are either critically endangered or endangered because they're directly threatened by tourism. So this is something we really need to think about. And I want to turn it around. I don't want it to be all all gloom and doom. I want it to be optimistic because sharing incredible photos of wildlife, I think, is a really important way to spread messages about wildlife. But you might get hurt, too. When I first went to Yellowstone in, let me see, I think it was 2004, I went to the tourist center and I could not believe that there were so many videos of people who went up to bison and the bison charged them, of course, and, you know, injured them. This still goes on today. Actually, it's probably worse today. I remember when I was in Yellowstone, there was a big bull elk and elk you don't really think of as being a dangerous animal, but any animal is dangerous when it wants to be. A child was standing close to it to pose with it, and a parent was like pushing the child, like telling the child to get closer to the elk. And I actually told the parents, I, I am that kind of person. I told the parents that they need to stop because it's a wild animal, especially a male elk. They have gigantic antlers. So that could be a huge problem if the elk charges the child. There was also another story a couple of years ago, I remember. This one, unfortunately, was done with a with a tourist um, operator, but he suggested when they saw rhinos close to the road that this couple get out and they get their picture taken with rhinos. And he took the picture and you can guess what happened. The rhinos charged them and gored them. I think they survived. But even when People who are supposedly professionals give you advice. You still want to use your best judgment. So in addition to hurting the animals, the animals can also hurt you. Okay, so that's the, that's the, the doom and gloom, the sad part of selfies with animals. But I think there's a way that we can do it in a humane way that doesn't disturb wildlife greatly. And it still sends across the same messages and even better messages because, honestly, the photos are going to be worse, that you're not going to be able to get these crystal clear pictures of you right next to an animal. But the messages I feel that they send will probably be more powerful because we're showing that we should have this huge distance between us and wild animals. So here are my guidelines for how to appropriately get a picture taken with a wild animal. The first one I alluded to already, make sure that there is a lot of space between you and the wild animal. And by a lot of space, I mean a lot of space, like lots and lots and lots. Of course, this will vary according to the animal. But in general, the bigger the animal, the more space that you want. I have this photo of me with elephants and... I have several photos of me with elephants in Gabon that was really hard to get photos with them because they would just run away from you whenever the car stopped. But in Kenya, the elephants are much friendlier or they're much they're much more used to tourists, so they don't run. 
In Kenya, you're actually not allowed to get in the car at a safari. You're always supposed to stay in the car for your protection. And there's this one point where we're in this, in this extremely open area and there are elephants in the background. And I asked somebody to take my picture with them. But you can even barely tell that they're elephants. So that's, that's one of the ways that you can do it in a safe context. Make sure the animal is really far away from you. There are some cases where you can let the animal come to you. And this will vary according to situations. I would always still be careful and give the animal distance. But I'm going to give you an exception to that rule in a moment. For example, we went on a whale watching trip in Vancouver and... There are laws that you have to follow with keeping a distance between boats and marine mammals. And our boat, yay, was following those laws. And we saw orcas. The captain of the boat turned off the engine. And we were extremely, extremely, extremely lucky that several pods of orcas came up and they swam right next to our boat. And that was just such an amazing, amazing experience. So that's a case where it was okay that we were within the distance. I forgot how far you have to be away, but I think it's several hundred meters. And we were only several meters away from the whales, but it was their choice. The whales were fine coming up to the boat and saying hi. (laughs) Or (laughs) just being like, why is that boat in my way? You can let the animal come to you, but you want to make sure it's not too close if it's truly a wild animal. But there are a couple of exceptions. You don't want to run away from certain animals. Animals like bears, if they start charging you, if you run away, things will just end badly for you. So here's an example when I couldn't run away from an animal. I, when I was in Kenya, I decided to go see the mountain gorillas in Rwanda. It's something that I've always wanted to do. It's such an amazing experience. If you ever get the chance to go to that area of the world, go out of your way to do this. These, the mountain gorillas have been habituated and they make a lot of money from tourists going to see them. At the time, it was $500. Now it's probably a whole lot more. And you check up to find the mountain gorillas. You spend an hour with them. And then you leave happy with your mountain gorilla experience. And in some ways, it's kind of sad because these animals became habituated. And they, they kind of lost you know some of their wildness because they're exposed to humans on a daily basis or near daily basis. But on the other hand, it is a conservation success story in that the mountain gorillas probably wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for these tourism dollars coming in. On this trip, when we were doing this trip, it was on the the cusp of digital photography, and I was looking into what type of film I should get. Everyone said it was going to be really dark. You can't see the gorillas well. This is what I found on the internet. When we got to see the gorillas, finally, it was amazing. They were just right near us and all all around us the rules of the mountain gorillas are that you cannot approach them you cannot touch them but you you ne- you can never predict what a gorilla will do to you and if a gorilla touches you i mean there's there's really nothing you can do like bears you don't want to run from gorillas really they can they will freak out and i've heard some bad stories of people getting injured by gorillas 
in my case of this trek of mountain gorillas, you get you have to follow the group. So the group will leave and you get to spend an hour with them. So you follow them. It's it's in the mountains. So I was going up a really steep area and somebody was pushing behind me and I was like, geez, like I'm going as fast as I can, like hold your horses. And I turned my side and I saw this like black furry <laughs> furry blob next to me. And it was a young gorilla. A young gorilla thought I was going too slow and it pushed and brushed past me. So they can touch you. That's probably the only case where you're allowed to touch animals like that. But it's them touching you, not the opposite. A really good rule of taking pictures of animals or doing selfies with animals is you don't want to corner an animal or prevent it from getting away. This can really stress the animal out. I have to say from experience, it's also not a pleasant experience for the tourist. In Kenya, we went on safari several times in Masai Mara. And Masai Mara is a little bit different from the other parks. It's not regulated by the... KWS, which is the Kenyan Park Authority, and the rules aren't as enforced. So a lot of people go off-road in this park, which is really bad for the environment because it degrades grass. We had a call through the radio that baby cheetahs, it's really, really hard to see baby cheetahs. It's not something that you see every day. We rushed over there, and for the first time we went off-road because we wanted to see these baby cheetahs. But when we saw them, I have to say it wasn't the best experience because cheetah. It was like a bunch of vehicles surrounding this mother and her baby cheetah. And honestly, she didn't seem stressed. The animals in Masaymar are pretty used to tourism, but it didn't feel good. It felt like we had her surrounded. It just wasn't a good experience. And honestly, I would have been fine not seeing the baby cheetahs rather than have it be a bad experience where I feel like I'm impacting wildlife in a negative way. You also never want to grab or touch a wild animal, and this applies to most animals. So in the example with the baby dolphin, this is a case where it can quite literally kill the animal. I've also seen this happen with manatees in Florida where people will like try to ride them. Don't do stuff like that. Of course, there's always nuances animals like frogs and snakes. I mean, they're definitely wildlife. I grew up catching frogs and snakes, and that's one of the things that really made me love wildlife. So there is going to be some common sense to this. But even nowadays, when I see animals like that, I prefer to get as close as I possibly can and take a picture of them in their natural habitat. I think that this sends a stronger message than showing them in your hands. I also went to this one uh, talk on amphibians in citizen science. So citizen science is where volunteers can participate in real scientific research, and they didn't let their volunteers take photos with the amphibians, take selfies, because there's so many different chemicals from the, all the different products that we use on our hands, and amphibians have porous skin. So even now, if I do see an animal that I can catch easily, I don't take a picture of it in my hands. I try not to handle it. The only exception for me is when I see turtles crossing the road, then I absolutely handle them because I do not want them to get smushed. And we're coming up on turtle season. If you see a turtle crossing the road, make sure that you can safely pull off the road 
and help the turtle in the direction that's going. You don't want to turn the turtle around because they're stubborn and they want to go in that direction. A lot of people think feeding wildlife is good for them, but it's not. It actually can cause a lot of problems. A lot of people feed wildlife for photos. When I was in Malaysia, we went to Batu Caves and around the caves, there are tons and tons of monkeys. I forget which species. And, you know, everyone loves monkeys and people were feeding them like crazy to get these pictures with the monkeys. Again, toddlers feeding monkeys. And these are still wild animals. They can still bite you. They can still transmit diseases. Feeding the animals, it's, it's not good for them. You're feeding them really crappy food. But it also teaches them bad behaviors. It makes them become more aggressive. My husband and I were on a trip in Mexico. We did this ecotourism boat. And there's so much tourism in this area that we went inside and or we went under the covered area of the boat and we got our lunch and when we came out of the covered area the second we came out these gulls they dive bombed my husband to knock the food out of his out of his hand and they were successful in doing this and then eating the food off the ground so we quickly learned not to eat our food uh, outside of the covered area Feeding wildlife is not only bad for them, but it, it causes them to have some really aggressive behaviors. And when wildlife gets too used to people, then sometimes wildlife control has to be called in and they have to put the animal down. My last piece of advice is if you have any doubt about it, don't do it. I personally think the animal's well-being, protection, safety is way more p- important than any photo. And if you think about how we use photos nowadays, it's really driven by the likes on social media. I don't know about you, but I hardly ever scroll all the way down to the beginning of my Instagram feed or no one else does. And once your picture gets buried, are they really going to see it again? You want the memory for you. You don't necessarily need the picture to remind you. So if you see a really cool animal in the field and it's not right to take a picture or it's too hard to take a picture then just enjoy being in that animal's presence. Enjoy the moment. Now, I have a special suggestion here for scientists and other wildlife biologists, people working at sanctuaries, basically anyone who has special access to animals. They are handling maybe endangered species with permits, or they have anesthetized a wild animal so they can attach a transmitter on them. I still think it's a bad idea to post pictures of us with wildlife in these selfie-type situations. I've seen people with anesthetized cats, like big cats. They will uh, hold the cat up and get a picture of them. Now, it's clear to me that the animal is anesthetized, but it might not be clear to the public, and I still worry it sends the wrong message. Going back to Tiger King, people pay hundreds of dollars to pet a baby tiger or a baby lion. And when I was looking for a photo that I wanted to post to my Instagram, I was trying to show that people might not be able to tell the difference between facilities you have to pay for and wildlife biologists doing something similar. I found this photo of a wildlife biologist working on Florida panthers 
And this wildlife biologist was holding these cubs up to her face in a similar way that you could get a picture taken. Now, again, it was obvious to me that this is a wildlife biologist because you could see the background. She is outside. She's in wildlife biologist looking clothes. But it wasn't an official uniform. And I don't know if the public is able to tell the difference. The reason why she was probably holding these cats is because they were going to get tagged. The mom was probably anesthetized, put a tracker on, and if she had babies, they would probably put ear tags in the babies so they could identify them as they grow up. And they are seen on camera trap photos. But the public might not know this. The public probably doesn't know this. Even if they think that it's a wildlife biologist, they may think that this is something that happens all the time, that that wildlife biologists are handling these animals constantly, which is not true. We keep minimal contact with animals, especially animals like that, because we don't want to get them used to humans. And it's also not good for them. This stresses them out. Anesthetizing them over and over again is not good for the animal. We want to keep our distance. So if you're a wildlife biologist, I really ask you to reconsider photos that you put on social media of you holding animals in a, in a way that you would hold a domestic animal. And I understand people do include disclaimers, but again, a lot of people don't read. I saw this one person on Twitter with a video of them holding a baby kangaroo, and they explained in the voice recording that... It was at a zoo and that she had permission to do this and she was a wildlife biologist. But as this photo went viral, not everyone is going to listen to that. I didn't listen to it because my sound is broken on my computer. So I would have to go to my phone to get that. And a lot of people just scroll through when they are doing other things and they can't have the sound on. So please really think about that. If you absolutely have to take pictures, then I suggest you do it while wearing a uniform so it's really obvious that you are somebody who is permitted to handle the animal. And I also suggest that you take the picture in a way that it's really obvious that you're a professional doing research. An example might be taking a blood sample of the animal while it's anesthetized or taking measurements, something like that. Something that makes it really, really obvious that you are a researcher with permits to do that. If you are not a researcher, can you still take a really great animal selfie? Yes, you can, but the picture won't be as good as it would be otherwise. But you know what? It sends a stronger conservation message. It sends a stronger message about wildlife, that these animals are wild, that we want to keep our distance with them. I have a couple of examples up on my blog. This one photo of me in the car with a zebra in the background. That's a pretty good selfie. I do have one where an elephant happened to be really close to our vehicle in Kenya, and I was able to get an amazing selfie. And then I also have this one where I was in eastern North Carolina, and I saw a black bear, and I did a selfie. More more to be funny and more to try to convey this point, because I could hardly see the bear 
without binoculars. So I took a picture of it, posted it, and said, here's my bear selfie. And I got a lot of praise from other scientists saying, thank you for taking a responsible selfie. And I just thought it was funny. I don't want to discourage you from going out there, finding amazing wildlife, getting pictures of wildlife when you can, but just be careful about how close you get to wildlife. With endangered species, if you're in a certain distance with them, it can even be illegal. So be careful. And given the state of animal selfies, I think we really need to take a deep look at ourselves and the messages that we spread on social media. And I think we need to be hyper vigilant about this and really spread the messages about wildlife that these are truly wild animals and they need to stay wild. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. And I would love it if you would give me a rating. You can always connect with me on social media as a fancy scientist. And if you have any show ideas, any questions, any comments, just send me a message. I am always happy to talk to you. Bye.